go away because next on CBS Radio's Comedy Time are those two zany characters of many characters, Bob and Ray. And now Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding present the CBS Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, a good good evening to you. And here we are, rolling into another weekend. Boy, I'll say. Boy, they uh, roll right by, don't they? Well, if we're getting into a little cooler weather, it's a little more comfortable. That's one thing that we can be glad of. Yeah. The great Bob and Ray Bird is, again, in fine fettle. He always seems to get better toward the end of the week. And we're looking forward to some interesting features tonight, including Lawrence Fechtenberger. Yes, and uh, Wally Blue has a very interesting uh, interview. Oh, I couldn't place this fellow for a second. Kirby Ayers, the wandering CBS accordionist. Playing with new verb there, isn't he? Are you playing with new verb? He walked in, I understand, on the Andy Griffith show and used up three of his five minutes the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Andy was as mad as a hen who got hold of a batch of chicken feed, oh, you know. Oh, I'll bet. Well, that's uh, taking a pretty big... He's got to be careful what studios he walks Go along, Kirby. Terrific morale builder. Kirby! Kirby Ayers, ladies and gentlemen, his accordion and his tunes. And his morale building. Uh, as I was saying before he arrived on the scene, Wally Blue has a very interesting tape that uh, arrived via airplane uh, not hours ago from Europe. And uh, Just days I, ago. Yeah, that's right. I knew it wasn't hours ago. So, uh, Joe, if you'd thread that up, let's have the latest Wally Blue interview, please. Wally Blue, far-flung correspondent for Bob and Ray. Greeting you from the beautiful Isle of Guernsey. Here we're standing in the factory which turns out your Golden Guernsey Super 4. One of the greatest small cars that uh, folks in America are uh, latching on to with ever-increasing speed. The uh, Super 4 for 1960 is being put together on the assembly lines here. I'm going to chat with Mr. E. Farnsworth Fotheringill, who is the uh, foreman of this particular branch of the Guernsey organization. Uh, what do they call you, E.F., uh, Mr. Fotheringill? Uh, they call me E.F., yes, and I emigrated to the Isle of Guernsey uh, about 12 years ago, Mr. Willow. Where was your home originally, sir? Sarah Holt. Is that so? And so you're bringing some of the American know-how and uh, ingenuity to your job, I... No, I've uh, picked up a lot of their know-how and ingenuity since I've been here and uh, developed. Well, now, I can't see anything uh, oh, no. except the assembly oh, line. No. All of the cars are covered with... Uh, That's right. This is the new uh, 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 1960 model, and uh, we have it covered for very good reason. We don't want to have uh, pictures or premature publicity... Uh, uh, on this uh, automobile, so we uh, do it ourselves. Keeping it highly secret. When will the folks back in the States have a chance to look at the... Oh, another two or three weeks, they'll be able to see this uh, beautiful Golden Guernsey Super 4. Well, I was one here with a cover on it, and I want to just point out what I can uh, uh, of the features. 
Well, you'll notice that... Can I reach under it? And touch yes. It? Well, a lot of our work is along the assembly line. Uh, you notice have to work that way. Put the hands under the canvas and more or less feel around. In other words, they don't even know what it's going to look like when it finishes up. They don't have any idea. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I only have a very sketchy idea of it myself. Let me see what I think I... I think I feel a cigarette lighter. Yes, that's probably right. Uh, I recognize uh, that. But then there hasn't been uh, much of a change in that this no, year. No, they seem to be the same. It has uh, quite uh, swept back lives, I would guess. Um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say. Could you tell me what that little bump there on the, uh, what would be the hood? Now, that little lump there, I think, is somebody's lunchbox. Oh, I see. Let's move on to one of the other ones. Each one of these cars uh, covered with the uh, tarpaulin seems to have different busts on it. Are they different models? or? Well, I, uh, here again, I guess I'm probably uh, the only fellow here that you shouldn't be talking to, as I say. It's, uh, Let me very feel under this one with it. Hey, hey, hey let's go. Oh, I guess that's one of your words. He's working in the dark under there, isn't he? Yeah, uh, you dropped my wrench, buddy. Oh, here it is. You have it back. I was just attaching the engine. Do you have any trouble with spies uh, sneaking into your factory? Yes. Do they ever... Well, uh, would they, uh, they attempt to get in uh, from the competitors, you mean? Yeah, yeah. sure. They've uh, tried to get in here. We caught two this morning. What do you do with them? Would you uh, shoot them? Uh-huh. Well, I think we've had a look anyway at uh, a rough idea of what we could expect from the Super Golden Jersey Super 4 for 1960, and we'll be looking forward to their... I don't even know whether the motor will be in the front or the rear, to be honest Have with you. Have a that, huh? Or you don't know your... I name. don't really know. Well, it'll be a big hit when it hits the market, I'm sure. And thanks for talking with us, Mr. Father Gill. And this is Radio's Wally Blue, turning you to New York. Thanks, Wally. And that's something to look forward to, the new Golden Guernsey Super 4. I haven't heard, of, heard about that, but I'll be looking forward to seeing it. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this right now. Hi, partners. I'm going to explain the difference between ordinary stereo phonographs and Columbia Stereo One. Listen to an oil well on ordinary stereo. Now listen to it on Columbia Stereo One. thousand-mile-a-day sound. The difference is Columbia's stupendous stereo projection, not just a couple of speakers shooting in different directions. Columbia gives you the real thing, fills every inch of the room with all the sound and feeling of a live performance, and I mean a Texas-sized room. Man, ain't that the prettiest money-making sound? I, I mean, uh, get down to your Columbia phonograph dealer and ask. Demand to hear Stereo One by Columbia. Why, they start as low as $39.95 for portables, $129.95 for consoles. Somebody cap that well, we're losing a fortune. And now, Chocolate Cookies with White Stuff in Between Them brings you another episode of Lawrence Sexenberger, Interstellar Officer Candidate. Interstellar Space Academy, preparations for attracting the spaceship carrying Lawrence and Mark are now complete. The giant magnet is in place, 
and Commandant are standing by with Mecklenburg's mother and father as local broadcaster Larry Lovegrass describes the activity to his listeners. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Lovegrass here with my WI5NOZT microphone. Uh, talking with some of the people here. As you know, uh, Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Becky Parker are here anxiously awaiting the return of their of their son, Lawrence. He's a stellar officer candidate who's been orbiting the Earth at one mile. And I think uh, before they, uh, they're due over, I wonder if we might uh, talk with the Commandant, sir. I wonder yeah. uh, just uh, if you could explain to those listening here in Walpole uh, just how you plan to get this thing down. Just covering the whole of Walpole? Yes, going from one out of town to the other. Well, as you know, we put on a great campaign amongst the school children to turn in their, their little magnets. They get in uh, uh, candy boxes and uh, if they can buy at the 5 and 10. Yes, sir. They turn them in. We, in turn, melted them down and produce this giant, huge magnet, which will, we believe, by our calculations, draw the spaceship. This broadcast is brought to you by Myrtle's Ice Cream Shop on Main Street. Remember, the next time you feel like cooling off with a soothing ice cream soda, try Myrtle's for a never-to-be-forgotten black-and-white, strawberry, or coffee. Ice cream soda, 30 cents. Two scoops, 40 cents. Okay, Commandant. Well, now in just a few moments, please, do they have vanilla? Well, it's not in the commercial. Uh, They, uh, in just a few moments, the giant magnet, which is now in place, as you can see over there, will uh, attract the spaceship in which uh, Lawrence and Mark are prisoners to the Earth. Not a commercial. Blowouts at 80 miles an hour can be no fun, so... Have Steve check your tires tomorrow. Steve, 11 Pine Street, right opposite the big dump. Well, that's about it. We were just waiting now, and, and I'm just getting a signal that uh, the spaceship has been sighted. Oh, yes. It's the closest point to Earth when it right. comes over the Academy. Let me take over now and describe this commandant, please. Yes, coming up from oh, the mother. southwest. Oh, mother. You can see the... Uh, the, uh, the ship bearing Mellish and Frickenberger. The commandant is issuing orders now. Yes, they're going to... Attention, men. Turn on magnet. Now, the, the turning on the magnet, you can probably hear that sound. And it's going to attempt to pull from the sky. Here comes the spaceship, mother. It's working. It's working. The spaceship with Frickenberger and Mellish is slowly coming to earth. The magnet is working, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, you are easy now. Terrific applause greets the landing of Lawrence Flexenberger and Mark Mellish. And now, in just a few moments, the door will swing open, and we're sure Flexenberger and Mellish will step through. Larry Lovebreath, my W15NOZT 
Los Angeles. 